0: Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane.
1: Well, thank you guys. As always, I'm thrilled to have you join us today. You know, many times you've heard me say on the air that I've got a friend that's joining me today, and you probably wonder, well, is that really just something he says on the air? And the truth is, no. All the people that have come on the show, whether they've been pastors I know or whether they've been uh, employees of the Union Gospel Mission, are all people that I do consider friends. And uh, today is no exception. I have a gentleman that has been around the mission, volunteered at the mission, done a lot of things for us, and we asked him to come on the board of directors with us as one of the board of directors. And I am happy to tell you that my friend Jim Morris is here with me today, and we're going to have a pretty good time. And you know who else I am really glad joined us? All of you out there. I know that these, this time of year, sometimes as we're gearing up for the holidays, maybe there's a heaviness in our heart, because so many of us think about the holidays with such grand expectations, and they often don't fulfill those. Or maybe even worse, you've lost a loved one. Or for the people out on the street, the holidays can be a lonely time. They can be a time when they reflect on on things that were and are no more, whether it's family and friends or or parties that they went to, or jobs that they had, they've come to a point where they're out on the street. So at the Union Gospel Mission, just so you guys know, we do a lot in the way of decorating outside the mission. If you come down Bannon Street, and you drive through this more or less industrial area, you won't see very many Christmas lights until you get the at the corner of Bannon Street, and then you will see the mission, and we have... Out, not yet. We're going to put them up very shortly. Uh, I'm a traditionalist. I don't think Christmas lights should go up till after Thanksgiving. Uh, but at any rate, and the reason we do that, people have asked, but the reason that we do that is because it's a bleak and it's a dark corner And we want the people out on the street, the people that are coming into the mission to hear a message, the ones that are going to come in and try to get on our program, our 24-man drug and alcohol rehabilitation program, we want them to feel what most of us feel at the holiday. That's why we have Christmas meals and Thanksgiving meals and food boxes that we hand out at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, and most people don't even realize that. And so... All of the year long, including right now, today is a day that we had the women's clothes closet open so that either folks from the street or working poor women or or just anybody who needs our help can come in and they go to a, a Bible study. And after the Bible study, they can go shop in our women's clothes closet, which, Jim, you've seen it. It's decked out like a regular little department store, I guess a boutique. And the difference is that there are very few boutiques that don't have a cash register at the end, and we don't we don't. As a matter of fact, just in case you are wondering whether it's our drug and alcohol rehabilitation program, whether it's the meals, whether it's the the uh, clothes closet for the men or for the women, whichever one it is, there's nothing that we do on the mission that requires anybody to pay. We've had parents who've had a son come on our rehabilitation program and offered to pay, and we always tell them the same: if at some point you want to donate, that's between you and God, uh, not between you and us. So, donate if you wish, but if you don't, it it really makes no difference, and you you certainly don't have to pay for anything. Reason for that is is that according to even a company that does our mailers, we have the best. Uh, the best retention rate of donors that they have that they deal with i believe that's because we always try to take the high ground on everything we value integrity uh and we value jesus christ above all things and so i'd like to introduce my friend jim morris to you and jim uh how are you doing today
2: I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate your leadership, Pastor Tim, oh, and I coming. really appreciate the mission. I have learned a lot over the years. I'm still learning and growing, but it's just an honor to be able to help in any way I can.
1: All right. Well, Jim, what, uh, what kind of uh, background do you come from?
2: Well, professionally, I'm in communications, and I've worked with farmers for more than 30 years. It's a real pleasure to do that. Very hardworking people, Yes, and uh, it's just an honor to be able to represent that. Uh, From a personal standpoint, a lifelong resident of Northern California, Uh, I've lived between uh, Elk Grove and Redding, so I know this area very well, and uh, it's a lovely area.
1: Yeah, and you, uh, as a matter of fact, just so you know, and I don't think we've ever talked about it, but my uh, my father was raised on a farm. Uh, my grandmother and my grandfather owned a tobacco farm in South Carolina, and of course you grow other things because they rotate their crops just like other farmers rotate their c- crops. And I've, I've been on the farm out there and seen what they do, and it is definitely hard work And you know, unfortunately, so many people don't realize that farmers, what they get paid for what they do, there's really kind of an inequity sometimes, right? And they're always on the edge with
2: the risk of losing financially, right? It's very challenging. California is the number one urban state. We're also the number one agricultural state, and we have been that way for generations. So there's going to be conflicts, especially in years like this when we're in a drought. So, yes. But uh, it's not a nine-to-five profession, and there's a lot of entrepreneurialism and a lot of different tasks a farmer has to... You don't just take your your harvester in to get it fixed. You have to fix it in the field. So you have to be nimble and very bright at what you do.
1: You know, I I know as a fact that when my grandparents were on the farm, that's really what they did. They got high school educations, but they worked on the farm. But this this uh, breed of farmers now, most of them are pretty highly educated, right? I mean, they have to have all the agricultural knowledge that can be <laughs> brought to the table,
2: right? Absolutely, and it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, GPS technology, global positioning oh, yeah. system. Uh, it, you can keep track of everything from planting to harvest and how much your yields are, and we as a consumer's benefit from all that because it keeps uh, affordable food supply, a safe food supply, um, so it's a, a marvelous thing to be able to see and report on.
1: Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, what, how did you
2: ever hear about the Union Gospel mission? It's funny that you say that. The church I was at prior to the one I'm currently a member of, Creekside and Elk Grove, and mm-hmm. it's an awesome church. Yes, The prior church I was at, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, we, They had an opportunity to go to UGM and serve dinner. And I signed up, and I'll have to be honest, it was not the best experience. It was 10 or 15 <laughs> years ago. Sure. Uh, and I went in, I think, with two strikes against me. My heart wasn't really in it. It was portrayed as something that was... Uh, there were items said, like, you know, don't look at the guests, and just we'll go in the back way, we'll go out the back way, it's a really rough area. And so I think it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not proud of that fact, but it, it that's how it ended up. At mm-hmm. Creekside, we have a very active men's ministry. There was an opportunity to serve at the mission. I went, and uh, it took a little bit of growth on my part and understanding because it does fit into to love one another. Yes. And I, I have plenty of planks that get in my eyes. So <laughs> I learned too. to humble myself and uh, to embrace helping others. And uh, since then, my love for the mission has grown, our family has participated, and it's just part of my life now. I, I just adore any opportunity to help when I can.
1: Well, you know, it's funny you say that, just so you know that I've been the director of the mission for the last 16 years. But before that, I also volunteered down there. I would bring a message or bring a church that would bring a message once a month. And the very first time I went down there, I had no idea exactly what to expect. I had been in a trade and owned a company and had to deal downtown, saw a lot of the indigent people out there. And so like you, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't grow up in an area where there was a lot of homeless folks. And so... I was driving down and I was thinking, I really need to serve God and I really need to step out of my comfort zone. And so I remember thinking and and saying, you know what, if somebody wants to shake my hand, even if that hand is dirty, I'm going to go ahead and shake it. Well, the God we serve has a sense of humor. So I'm preaching down there and a young couple, well, I guess they were young, came up and they'd been on the street for quite a while they were they were dirty and and those type of things but they were sincere they were in tears and we prayed together we i put my hand on their shoulders and and so the minute we were finished they both threw their arms around me <laughs> <laughs> and i remember thinking funny god <laughs> yeah. and it seemed like every time i came down somebody hugged me and To your point, I needed to step out of my comfort zone and just being willing to condescend to shaking somebody's hand wasn't enough. And so uh, we have to go where people are hurting. And so for for years and years, I went down there. And when they uh, finally—I was bivocational. By that point, I had left the trade and I was was doing other things. So I was bivocational as I was pastoring a church. And (laughs) I— I had been working as a, uh, a bivocational pastor, by the way, in case you don't know, is just what it says. It's someone who pastors a church that is small or poor that can't really afford to you know, support you because we all need to eat and pay rent and all those kind of things like everybody else. And so I was working as a, an agent for an insurance company, and I was pastoring a small church. And uh, so I had decided that, that I really needed to be where people were and to be able to answer questions that people might have about the gospel message. That was my heart. And the, the church I was at was too small for that. Well, I just prayed a simple prayer, and that simple prayer was, God, if you want me to return to air conditioning, I'll do that. If you want me to return to uh, being an insurance agent, I'll do that. But I've also swept floors and done dishes and all those kind of things. Or if you want to send me to a larger church, you know, obviously it's God's choice. And I just wanted to be like Paul and, and, well, not like Paul. That would be a hard, (laughs) that would be hard shoes to step into, But I wanted to do whatever God wanted me to do to earn the living and preach the gospel, however that worked out. It was three weeks later, actually, that they called me from the mission and asked if I would come down and interview before the board of directors. And uh, I did. And these guys on the radio have probably heard it. I don't know if you have, Jim. But uh, what I told the board of directors at the end uh, of—I met with half of them. I stood up and I said— pastors have to lecture somebody, and you're all I have right now, so here it comes. (laughs) I said, uh, there was a professor at Liberty University that said, if you want to know if you're called to a church, don't ask this or that, but ask that the congregation have a perfect peace about you coming, and you pray you have a perfect peace about going, and then you'll know the Spirit of God is leading you. So I said exactly that. If you guys have any doubt you're interviewing other people, that I'm the guy, then let's assume God is not in it. Uh, I'll still love you guys. I'll still come down and preach, but I won't be director unless God is fully in this thing. And uh, three weeks later after that, they, they called, and I asked them, was, were there any doubts? Because I knew they'd forgotten, because who listens to a pastor, right? <laughs> and uh, they said, you know, funny enough, it was unanimous. And so I said, "I'll be there." I've been there for the last 16 years. I still pastor the little church, and uh, I am grateful for all that God has done in my life.
2: Yeah, that's such a blessing. And you know, if you think about uh, one of the main verses that fuels UGM and hopefully many other places is Matthew 25:40. Whatever you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. And I think we need to soft, keep our hearts softened yeah. and do what we can to help. And I am work in progress, but Me it too. is such a rewarding ministry. And it's one of the true areas where I think uh, a difference can be made. Uh, spreading the gospel to people that need it the most is um, such important work, vital. Oh,
1: I, I I absolutely agree with you. And as you know, we're in the middle of re redoing the whole inside of the old building, not just a cosmetic facelift, but really tearing down to the walls, replacing every wire, every pipe, every, uh, every board that is slightly rotten. Everything has been replaced. And now we're putting everything back together, hopefully to get our 60 man, uh, bed back open by the end of November. Uh, God has given us the ability to do that and that all comes from the donors who God has laid on their heart and see what we're trying to accomplish. We don't take government money. We have nothing against the government folks, but they would ask us to limit the or modify our gospel message and we would never do that. And you're right. I think of those verses that you quoted from Matthew. I think what is one of the scariest ones is this you did not do for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you did not do for them. You did not do for me. And so and I'm never trying to guilt trip anybody. I mean, I don't want you to give to the Union Gospel missions unless you really feel led to do that. I don't think anybody should donate anything anywhere out of guilt. And so God has sustained us. We're not on the the edge of bankruptcy, none of that, God has richly blessed us. But tell me, Jim, you have done a lot of things at the mission. I mean, you have taken photographs, right? True. I mean, how did you get into that?
2: Well, it, it was just an offshoot of my communications work. That's what I've done my entire professional life, and I, I'm not— I'm clearly not the best photographer in my household. My wife, Leslie, is an outstanding wildlife photographer, and my son is up and coming. I think he'll have me beat, beat too. But I have learned to take a lot of photos, and I can be functional with them. So anyway, I, I can help with that. So yes, I've done photos, I've done videos. Uh, it, it gives me an opportunity to see the day-to-day activity at the mission. And by the way, if I may say so, the renovation work is marvelous. It is not, um, It is. it's the right tone, it's the right fit. It's going to be. It's going to outlive us, Pastor yes. Tim, if I may say that. And I, ha- I hate to say this as well, but it's certainly true that there's going to be a need for a long time to come. So the mission is very well suited with the type of facility it has, and we know that the need will be there. So any what any way I could do to help? Yes, photography, videography. I've helped with the services. I am doing a fundraiser for the mission. Yeah, and- I
1: want to talk a little bit about that. Um, you, uh, you have done this. Now, by the way. As I said, Jim is my friend and so I'm gonna I'm gonna tease him a little bit here. Every year he does this marathon <laughs> is the last year he's gonna do it. And how many years have you has it been the last one you're well, gonna do?
2: You're not the only one who's reminded me why my wife reminds me of that all the time. so I have said that every time out and this will be if I'm able to do it. Good Lord willing, this will be my 16th. And wow. it'll be my 11th California International Marathon, and uh, the fourth one I've run on behalf of the mission. And so far, the contributions people have made are phenomenal. I look at myself as just a a vehicle, if you will, to help with this area. Uh, it's all glory, all credit, of course, goes to our Lord and Savior.
1: Amen. That's exactly why we have talked before about legacies, you know, and if someone says, well, is this is this remodel going to be your legacy? And the answer is no, it's not going to be my legacy. I've always said, no names go up on the wall, no pictures of reminding. When my time is finished at the mission and and I've moved on to wherever that is, as far as glory or retired, and I have no desire for retirement times change and the board may someday not, not want me there but the bottom line comes down to I've always said that 2 years after I'm gone nobody will remember and that's fine because the glory needs to go to God not to a man amen or a woman for that matter there's just we need to we need to keep moving forward for the for the glory of God right
2: absolutely and when you do it for the right reasons there's great internal value but it's also just the right thing to do oh yeah
1: and plus the fact, you know that, we know, that we know that our citizenship is not here. You know, I've often told people, if you go out of town, and I used to have to go out of town a lot for business and things like that, you don't go to the Ramada Inn, check in, and then go over to the furniture store to remodel because it's not your home. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, too many of us do a whole lot of remodeling in this life and forgetting that this is not our home, and forgetting to store up treasures in heaven. And so, um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. Now, you've done this for the last four years. What prompted you actually to do that?
2: Well, I had run several marathons in the past, and I'll be honest, a a friend who also runs marathons said, you should run for some charities. And I said, wow, that's a great idea. I wish I would have thought of that. So I credit my friend Kirk, who is still running. He'll be running in the race as well. And so I ran for the Jesus Center in Chico Mm. several times. I ran for Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services. And then as my uh, relationship with the mission grew, it was such a logical fit. And I've met so many wonderful people there. I've seen how effective that money is used. And less than $2 a meal for the guests, uh, it's phenomenal. So it's a great fit, and this will be number four. All right. So, well, what did they do? They just, they call up somebody and... and say that they will sponsor a mile, or how does that actually work? So there is a, a way that people can sponsor on the UGMSAC.com website. If you oh, click on Donate, mm-hmm. there's a way to get to it. And I have several Facebook posts, and I believe the Union Gospel Mission will probably have a few social media, they'll probably share that as well. So there's it's one click away, it's very easy to do.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. I do know that Jed and Eileen were talking about that very thing at the uh, at the mission. I wasn't exactly sure how we did that, but, you know, I, I, think that I would also like to ask, and I'm not trying to surprise you <laughs> or anything, but, you know, it takes a heart that is yielded. So how long have you walked with Christ personally?
2: I have been a, uh, Christian for about 30 years. And, uh, I, uh, it took a it took some growth on my part to be honest with you, and a realization uh made a lot of errors and uh, I thought I was doing the right thing, but uh through a variety of circumstances, finally I came to my senses, if you will, and gave it to jesus and so i was uh, it was about thirty years ago when that happened
1: well um yeah no i I think that many of us would say the same thing that you know, we, we thought maybe we were doing the right thing. I'm a pretty good guy. I don't hurt anybody. I'm not mean. I'm not this. I'm not that. I don't steal. I don't cheat on my wife or kick my dog when I come home uh, and think that that's enough to get us into heaven. And the reality is that it's, it is not. We need to have not religion, and religion never saved anybody, but relationship with God, that is what is the saving factor. Absolutely. And so we can sometimes go to church for a very long time before we actually realize that, hey, there's something missing, right? And is that kind of your experience too?
2: Absolutely. We grew up in a household where we had our one-hour inoculation every Sunday morning. We also prayed at the dinner <laughs> table, but it, we, it, there was something missing, and I learned that later in life, and I'm so glad that I was able to find that.
1: Well, I am glad you found that, too. And, you know, I'd like you to do next week's show, too. And I want to get into a little more of, of that and a little more of the things going on at the mission. And you're a board member. Oh. So I'd like to talk to you about that. We're kind of out of time, but it goes fast sometimes, doesn't it? Absolutely. So uh, – I am so glad you were able to join me today on there. And again, I just want to impress on everybody. We are talking about somebody that I care about, trust, and know to be a man of integrity. So, as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.
0: You've been listening to Voices from the Street the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you wanna know more about the work of the mission, log on to ugmsac.com, ugmsac.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.